Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. I am always so excited when we have received so many emails and calls from this great, tremendous listening audience that I have. And I, I want to thank you so much. I mean it. I try throughout the year to take time to thank all of you, but your support, listening to this show, sending in all those emails and questions, you are what has made this show so successful. And thank you so much. And you know what? You're helping me help others change lives. And that is why I'm so excited today to have a person who is really working to change lives every day of her life, and that is Stephanie Walsh, the Executive Director of the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thanks, Joyce. I'm I'm delighted to be here, and thank you so much for honoring the work that we do here. Well, it is great work that you do, and we're very excited to have this show. And I want all my listeners to know, I know you know, when you're listening to this show today, when you hear Stephanie talk, if you are a person that is going through some of these same issues or dealing with this, and of course the show is heard throughout the world and replayed 12 hours from now, no matter where you are, if you hear this show and if you can relate to some of this and you have questions, Make sure you get back in touch with me and go, you know, we'll make sure we get back in touch with you because this is so important. Uh, Stephanie, you are the Executive Director of the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime. Can you tell our listeners first what your center does? Yes. Uh, Joyce, uh, our agency is a not-for-profit, and our mission is helping individuals, families, and communities survive the trauma of violence and crime, and we do that in several ways by offering uh, critical victim advocacy services, uh, crisis intervention, counseling, and community education programs that addresses the causes and impacts of violence. And when we work directly with victims of crime, we have a whole continuum of services specific to what victims and witnesses of crime need in order to not only heal and recover from the incident of violence that has damaged their life, but also services that provides them assistance in uh, negotiating and navigating the criminal justice system. So we provide um, intervention in ways that are counseling in nature and therapy in nature to deal with the emotional uh, and mental health impacts of crime. We have... um, uh, services in place that helps individuals go to court to understand what the criminal justice system is all about, to be able to um, ha- have the support necessary to provide testimony because when you're a victim of a crime and you ha- um, have uh, filed a police report and you are choosing to prosecute, you then become a witness to that prosecution. So there's a lot of extra anxiety and stress uh, built around um, going to court and and facing your offender. Um, We also have um, a lot of other services that are all tied into that. The the state of Pennsylvania has a uh, victim's compensation 
process where we help process claims for financial um, compensation in certain cases. And depending on the nature of the, the, the family needs and the particular crime, we do also a lot of referring out. We, we want to make sure that when families uh, and individuals leave our care, uh, that they are tied into services that uh, can continue with them for a, a longer time. We, in addition to those services that we provide individuals uh, and families that are impacted directly with a crime, we have a whole variety of um, education, community education outreach programs because we feel very, very strongly that just as individuals and families need the intervention services once you become a victim, we feel very strongly in this in our agency that we really need to educate um, the general public about this um, epidemic that's uh, hitting uh, our society, the uh, the public issue, the public health issues that surround the whole um, epidemic of crime in our uh, society. So we we do a lot of educating uh, of the public. So that, in a nutshell, is what we do. You can see that um, uh, we, we're kept very very busy. Wow, I'll say you're doing such an important, so many important things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Stephanie, you have a lot of expertise in this area because you've worked for over 30 plus years in social services, focusing on people who have been impacted by abuse and violence. Mm -hmm. Now, a question I have for you mm -hmm. are what themes or what, what are the themes you see that relate to poverty and a lack of education when it comes to crime? Actually, when you look at, if you, let's look at the issue of poverty. Um, poor people are uh, victimized at a higher rate. And if you look at the dynamics around that, uh, people with less means have less, less options. If, if, the, if you live in an area that uh, has a higher crime rate or is perceived to have a higher crime rate and people with means um, move on, the tax base is lowered, uh, there's less money for public safety, uh, property values decreased, and poor people and those without the means uh, to with, for other options are left behind, and and unfortunately there's a downward spiral that that can happen. And the whole thing with education too, you see that those with education um, have more opportunities, are more mobile, can make more choices. Um, education also uh, you you know, promotes uh, more positive options, uh, reduce, you learn more about reducing your risk to victimization. So uh, po poverty rates and, um, and the lack of education, uh, uh, unfortunately, are, are two detrimental factors. Uh, when you start to look across the board, they increase uh, the rates of victimization, although violence happens everywhere across all communities, and across all education and economic groups. Yeah, yes. We see that on the news every day. We see that all the time. Well, just so that our listeners can get an idea of what you do at the center, you've worked with children and with adults. Could you give our listeners an example of a story where you provided support to a family and how important you think that was? Sure, we we work uh, we work with a lot of families 
who, and actually we, that's the best scenario, Joyce, is whenever there's um, been a member of the family impacted by crime, to get as many family members involved in um, in the healing and recovery process uh, for that individual because the more that that individual has uh, good people wrapped around them, that's just going to increase the likelihood of their recovery. Now let's talk about uh, children. Uh, children even need more of that support. And what we what we do here is uh, we work with a lot of children who are sexually molested and or who have uh, wit- been a witness to uh, acts of violence. And I'll, I'll give you um, uh, one case that I think uh, provides listeners with some uh, good insight into not just the type of work we do but the dynamics that go on inside a family is uh, a case uh, where uh, two siblings were sexually abused by a family friend. And unfortunately, this had been going on for a couple of years. And, oh, my. Yes, and what happened was when, the, when uh, one of the siblings finally came forward and told, the, uh, naturally we're dealing with the damage that was done to both of those kids, but what's family dynamics, what starts, what starts to happen is um, the, the, the families go through this, like they, they start blaming themselves. Um, how, how could this have happened in our family? Um, why didn't we see it? What's wrong with us as parents? And or why, or, or blaming of the victim, which unfortunately sometimes is an initial response. Why didn't our kids come and tell us? Uh, why did they continue to uh, associate with uh, this person? And and then the fears of what does this mean for our child's uh, future welfare? Are they going to be damaged forever? Are they going to go on to be perpetrators? And what um, what we did was uh, we have uh, trained uh, counselors and therapists on staff that work specifically with these issues, and our um, therapist and advocate working with this family, um, working with the parents, working with the kids, and then working with the whole unit together, started to go through the, the education part of um, how they, uh, how this does happen, the dynamics of why children don't come forward and tell right away. It's not because you're a bad parent. It's not because you have bad kids. It's starting to educate the dynamics of when what an abuser, what a perpetrator can do with kids that they don't think they can come forward. Who um, we also uh, worked with that family to prepare uh, the, the two children to testify against him, and uh, now they have additional fears of seeing him again. Um, the, the court, the whole court process, um, just brings back all the memories of some of a lot of things that they would rather forget. You know. Um, uh, children are no different from adults. Oftentimes we'd rather block the unpleasant memories, uh, deny them, run away from them. But we work with families preparing children to testify. Now, in this particular case, uh, this individual was convicted, and uh, but sometimes we don't always get the verdict that we want, so it's therefore preparing uh, the, uh, the children to say, even if... The jury or the verdict, uh, the jury doesn't, 
uh, feel that there's enough to convict him. That doesn't mean that no one thinks you're lying. So there's a lot of dynamics that, that when you work in this field, if they're not handled right, they can influence negatively years and years and years to come. Um, and that's, that's what we do. We, we put the focus on what do we need to help this family, help these children heal and move forward. And at the same time, how can we help them negotiate and navigate the criminal justice system? We, if you would take that scenario with all of its dynamics, just think of all the different ways that crime and violence can impact kids and families. And, and um, all, uh, even witnessing violence, we have different families where uh, children have, uh, have been in a location where they have witnessed shootings, where they've witnessed stabbings, where they've witnessed beatings. And, and even though they were not physically touched, that emotional uh, scarring, that uh, the, dealing with those uh, mental issues, um, mental health issues, that's what we deal with. We, we help people tell stories to work through the trauma of what, what's either happened to them or what they've seen so that they can go on and live productive lives because one of the things that we know, Joyce, is when, when intervention does not happen and trauma gets buried, uh, it will come back to impact negat- negatively in the lives of anybody, and, and uh, especially children, uh, that the ongoing impact of unresolved trauma uh, will lead to poor health, whether it's emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, Spiritually, it will come out in negative ways sometime in that person's life without the intervention and the, and the help and healing that's needed. Oh, I'll tell you, Stephanie, it's so important what you're doing. And why I want the listeners to show, I, I want to tell everyone that I am a new board member of this organization and that uh, my commitment to this group for next year is that I want this Pittsburgh group to be known nationally for the work they do helping people with disabilities who are victims of crime. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you go to Google and you put in victims of violence with crime, for people with disabilities, you're going to be shocked how many 10,000-type items come up because right. we'll, use, we'll use, for example, for a minute, developmental disabilities. Right. People with developmental disabilities are four to ten times more likely to be victims of crime than any other group of people. Isn't that shocking? I mean, four it, it, to ten yeah. times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for uh, women with physical disabilities, 56% have reported abuse, 87% reported physical abuse, 66% sexual abuse, 35% were refused help. You're one of those people. Remember, if you are in a wheelchair and your caregiver is purposefully not allowing you to need or use whatever it is that you have to have, that is abuse. You're being abused. It, it is abuse. And, Joyce, it's a crime. And that's what the, uh, the listeners also need to know that uh, that that it is illegal to abuse people, abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, whether it's a physical assault, whether it's a rape, 
It is also criminal activity. Yes, it is criminal activity, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you have to speak up. And with that, we're going to go to break for a minute, and then we're going to be right back with a person that's working to make a difference in this country, Stephanie Walsh, the Executive Director of Center for Victims of Violence and Crime. You're listening to Joyce Bender, the voice of voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. New voices, new communities, new devices. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, this is Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living. Join me on my new day and time on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific for the program that brings you practical, inspiring, and positive principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Each week, we'll give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call into Positive Living on our new day and time, Mondays, 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Do you have dreams of leaving behind a legacy? Do you want to turn your ideas into reality? Tune in to Voice America every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Conscious Living with Simone Myers. The focus of Conscious Living is CURE, the center for unified research and education. CURE starts with you, the individual, with others to bring about positive changes to our world. You'll learn about community life, such as art combined with energy, alternative construction, bartering systems, traditional and holistic medicine, free energy, and much more. Conscious Living takes the saying, think globally, act locally, and applies this to action you can take. So join us Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Conscious Living on voiceamerica.com. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Help Masters with your host, Louis Moss. 
Each week, Louie will bring you the latest health and lifestyle breakthroughs, as well as bring you the Health Master Spotlight of the Week. So get healthy with Louie Moss and Health Masters every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. At least 90% of sports success requires mental strength. And the greater the competitive level, the more critical it becomes to build that mental muscle. Tune into Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Your host, Jim Meyer, sports psychology coach, consultant, and author, offers practical, powerful, and positive mental game, tools, tips, and techniques. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental game with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. The world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back to the show, and if you just turned on this show, and you just tuned in, we're talking to Stephanie Walsh, the Executive Director of the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime. For some of you listening to the show today, some of this may be a little bit hard to hear, but it's important to hear. You know, at the Epilepsy Foundation, we have a theme this year, and you know what that theme is for the National Epilepsy Foundation? Out of the shadows. Mm. And you know what? That's because of the stigma attached to epilepsy, how people are ashamed. Well, you've also got to come out of the shadows and out of the darkness and stop hiding when it comes to abuse. And, you know, don't be thinking, you know, I wasn't shot or I wasn't sexually assaulted. I want to repeat again, if you're in a chair, a woman called me and told me how her husband, to punish her, would leave her so that she had to go when she had to go to the bathroom, left her overnight in that chair. You're being abused. You've got to speak up. You have to do something or we can't help you. You've got to speak up. Stephanie, you're located right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Right. In western Pennsylvania, do you see assaults and homicides decreasing or increasing? And also, what are your feelings about that? Well, let me, let me talk uh, briefly to statistics. Uh, uh, we will read occasionally that a, cr- a crime rate has, uh, has gone up, a crime rate has gone down, and I guess being in this field for 30-plus years, I have to say that what, uh, when I look at crime, uh, crime statistics, um, here's the statistics that I focus on. We know that most crime is not reported. And uh, you talked earlier, Joyce, about some statistics about reporting. We know that only 28% of rapes are reported. And um, we mentioned only 3% of sexual abuse cases involving people with developmental disabilities are ever reported. So when I hear crime statistics, um, not that I'm into gloom and doom, but I, all, all that means to me is the tip of the iceberg, is those crimes that have been reported and how much more work we have to increase the percentage of, of uh, crime being reported. So um, I, I attribute 
different statistics going up and down, oftentimes what I want to look at is what's impacted the reporting level. And uh, whenever there's uh, a national uh, or high-profile case that somebody has come forward and has said something has happened to them and that person is negatively treated by the media or the, the, the case is sensationalized, um, oftentimes, and this is the connection that not everybody makes unless you're in this field, that can be detrimental to somebody else wanting to come forward saying, boy, I, you know, I read what happened to so-and-so when she came forward. There's no way I'm, I'm going to report uh, this crime. Um, so I'm all, I, we in the field often look at uh, has the crime statistic gone up and down? Because one year homicides will be up and next year homicides are down. Well, homicides are usually reported. But the rest of the statistics, home invasion, um, assault, sexual assault, uh, those type of uh, crimes fluctuate in people's comfort level in, in coming forward. So that's one thing with, with uh, crime statistics that, that I look at closer. The other thing is um, with cr- uh, violent crime um, statistics are starting to show that there's a decrease in some areas. So let's say that that's good news, and we are making a dent. What has made a dent then is our prevention and education efforts that we have really focused on a lot over the last 10 years perhaps are paying off. Mm-hmm. Now, what's worrying me about that is with the recent climate of funding, Joyce, what do you mm-hmm. think the first thing that's been cut? What is that? Prevention and education services they're either they've either been cut or drastically underfunded so as as we're building um, awareness about crime as a public health issue and uh, wanting to educate more on prevention strategies that we know work we're attempting to do this in a climate of reduced funding so it's 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 all of us trying to get the word out like through your show and your efforts to everyone to learn more to educate uh, more to reach out to individuals who have come forward saying that um, they've been a victim of a crime, to believe them. Statistics show us that we need to believe those who come forward um, and say that this is what's happened, what's happened to them. So as far as particular crime uh, statistics in Western Pennsylvania, you will see different pockets that have decreased. You'll see geographic areas or different communities where everything has increased. So it's a it's a mixed bag statistically. Um, my my thing that I would like to leave everyone thinking that what we need to work on is increasing the comfort level of people who have been victimized to come forward and report because then the statistics will start to re- have a more accurate reflection of the level of crime. Only 28% of rapes are reported. We have a long way to go then to get people to the comfort level of coming forward to say, this happened to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You have to speak up, and I think that is so important, working, doing whatever you have to do to help bring, again, people out of the darkness, out of the shadows, speaking up, you know, and saying, this is what has been happening to me. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I- as, you, as you already have heard me allude to, uh, many people with disabilities are victims of abuse, by their own caretakers, partners, 
and other members of the public or society. Mm-hmm. Your opinion, why do you think people don't want to talk to anyone about this? Well, I think um, I, I think one of the major issues, and I know there's others, but the whole, the whole issue of fear, um, the fear of if I come forward, if I'm a person with a disability and I'm dependent on a system, on a person, uh, on my immediate caretaking group, if I come forward and no one there believes me or helps, then I have the, I, I have the fear of more, of more abuse. Will my abuser just come back at me? Um, the, I, you know, I can't imagine having limited, being isolated and having limited access to individuals and having something horrible happen to me and kn- knowing that I may not be believed. Um, I, if, if that individual often being dependent on the person, uh, for, uh, their caretaking for their living arrangement to have that person be the abuser, um, and also uh, uh, fearful of losing the current living arrangements. You know, a majority of victims of violence and crime across the board, when they have been victimized, there is a high rate of relocation. Where somebody says, "You know, I was sexually molested in this apartment. I can't live here anymore." We have people that put their homes up for sale, that move across the country. If you are a person with a disability and you lack those options, uh, you you have and you you're afraid that if I come forward and say something, maybe I'll be I'll be relocated against my will. Maybe I want to stay here, or maybe I want to go there, but they're going to send me there. You have all those dynamics, and on on top of it all. Um, People with uh, disability, if for those uh, individuals who have a low self-image to begin with, or who feel devalued by society, um, it's like a defeatist attitude. It's like you know, uh, nobody really wants my opinion now. Do they? Why are they going to believe me? Or, or or what credence do I have if I come for, forward with with um, with what this? what's important to me, if nobody else thinks it's important. And the whole idea of the isolation and not being able to speak out, not having exposure to outsiders who may care or who may be more enlightened about these issues. So we have so much work uh, to do with uh, reaching out uh, to people with disabilities individually and and collectively and also to those... um, uh, systems and social services who are charged with um, providing support services to this population and who come in contact with uh, people with disabilities more often than maybe an, uh, your everyday citizen. So that's where I think uh, are some of the what I think are some of the issues, Joyce, and what our um, true challenges are in this area. Well, you know, it's often referred to as the invisible group, the vulnerable group. You know, when it comes to uh, being a victim, people with disabilities are more likely to be victims of sexual assault or attack or abuse, and children with disabilities, the same thing, because research, you know, has shown that there's a higher level, um, even with people who are stalkers, higher level of stalking, women or people who have a disability. Yes. And I think that you're right, that part of the problem 
There's so many problems, but one of the problems is fear, fear of speaking up. Again, low self-esteem, thinking that, well, this is just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I think what you said about education is so important. So we have a caller here from Kansas who sent in an email and and said, uh, Ms. Walsh, congratulations on what you are doing. I'm so glad someone is speaking up and willing to be involved in a disability show because people with disabilities are often victims. My question for you is what suggestion do you have for us if you are in a small town and want to try to do something to, to bring out awareness of this issue? Uh, uh, one of the things, with a small town or any, to look um, at what state coalitions, uh, sometimes, sometimes an individual can um, make such a tremendous impact, but individuals sometimes needs the, uh, uh, the backing and, uh, or the, uh, the support of maybe a larger coalition. And I'll just speak here in Pennsylvania. I say in Pennsylvania we have many rural areas and we have urban areas. And um, and we have uh, state coalitions, uh, different uh, groups that actually work on issues uh, across the state and, and can even, even prepackage some PR material that individuals can access Access uh, either by calling or by web, uh, and so I would say, if there's nothing in your particular local area that you, a, a social service agency, an organization that you can call upon um, to help provide you with materials and education, some guidance and some support in doing exactly what what the, the caller is suggesting to do, because that really is what changes things on, on na- neighborhood to neighborhood. Then look, look to uh, your state coalitions, um, uh, different organizations that, that, that may deal with this, even, na- even nationally. We, we have some uh, tremendous uh, national organizations. We have a lot of that information listed on our webpage uh, because we, we often get calls from other states asking us, uh, we, we see what you offer, can you help us locate what, what's happening in our state. So there's are things. All right. You, you know what? we got to take a break for a minute. But we'll be right back because we I see we have some more questions here. This is so important what we're talking about. We're going to go to break for a minute. We're with Stephanie Walsh. You're listening to Joyce Bender, The Voice of VoiceAmerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their 
their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com Solid programming. Outstanding shows. VoiceAmerica.com How can you have a better life on your terms? You can have a better life because you can become better. Stop waiting for everything around you to change. Tune in every Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Voice America for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. David Martin, an internationally recognized speaker, will teach you what successful people are doing. So join us Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. Right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Invoke thought, feeling, and inspiration into your life right here on voiceamerica.com. Do you feel ready to give up on life? Has fun, excitement, and joy faded from your life? Despite how deep and dark we may feel, there's a bright light waiting to shine on you. Tune in to Voice America every Monday at 12 o'clock noon Pacific Standard Time for Loving What Is, the Byron Katie Hour. Byron Katie, the host of the show, will share her secrets on how you can pull yourself out of a depressed, suicidal state of mind. You'll learn how to attune your senses to appreciate the world around you so that you may experience daily peace that will last you a lifetime. So join Join us each and every Monday at 12 o'clock noon Pacific Standard Time for Loving What Is, the Byron Katie Hour, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Business, sports, religion, legal, pets, entertainment. You're listening to voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. If you have a question or comment for Joyce or her guest, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now back to Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back to this very, very important show. We've been talking to Stephanie Walsh, the Executive Director of the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime. Um, And, Stephanie, I know that you had been answering the question of the last listener from Kansas who was wanting to know what could they do in their town or area to try to bring this out more. Is there anything else you wanted to say? I just just wanted to... uh very much encourage uh, that caller to 
don't give up, and to continue to reach out because there are organizations uh, closer to you than that may that may be visible right now that can really provide you with a lot of guidance and support so you don't feel like you're all alone in this. That's right. And you're not alone. You're not alone. You know, um, one group in the United States, and there are a few that are trying to do something about this issue for people with disability, one is called All Walks of Life, and they always say that vulnerability, which is a difficult topic, is, of course, one of the main issues for violence to people with disabilities. Yeah. Because vulnerabilities, you know, for a predator, they take advantage of this. For people with developmental, mental, and or physical disabilities, or people who are blind, deaf, wheelchairs, doesn't matter. You know, this is a group of people that obviously cannot defend themselves as well as as others who are not uh, disabled. And that is why I think it's so important to be educated and, and to be familiar with a group like this group that Stephanie has and I know I, I, I'm very proud to be involved, and I, my goal for 2006 is only to do more to help this organization, to bring it more out nationally, what is happening to people with disabilities, whether it's from their caretaker or whoever it is that they're with. Um, but if you're listening to the show and you're interested, especially in this particular group, Stephanie, if someone's listening and they want to make a contribution, to the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime, um, how would they do that, and what is your website? Our website is www.cvvc.org. We also have uh, a telephone number, 412-350-1975. And I want to give one other number. We have a 24-hour helpline that anyone can call. Uh, if you or someone you know has been a victim of a crime, 412-392-8582. But Joyce, one of the things that we're going to be doing, and our, uh, we're actually adding to our web page, and I would ask the listeners that to uh, even, or we have a web page up and going that's very functional, but we are really expanding our web page, and we'll be... Um, going online with that expanded version uh, by January 1st of 2006, and it will even have additional resources and information that individuals can call, individuals can access uh, specific to maybe their victimization or a loved one's victimization, but also in regards to your uh, previous caller, when you're looking from anywhere uh, where you can get additional help or additional resources. So cvvc.org, um, we are building into what we believe is going to be uh, a superb resource to anybody uh, needing to um, uh, get more information. The other thing that we're launching um, that will be on our webpage is our Piece It Together Community Initiative. That is something that we're asking people to to learn more about violence, to invite us or other agencies to your school, workplace, or community, or faith-based group to provide prevention and education programming. And we're asking people to support the work we do by making a financial contribution. 
to actually become a peace partner with us. Uh, sometimes this subject can get so overwhelming that individuals don't know um, how they can make a difference. And I can assure everyone we're making a difference and uh, joining our efforts, supporting our mission, or similar agencies, if you're from other uh, parts of the country, um, you can make a difference by um, learning more, becoming a volunteer, inviting uh, us in, supporting the work we do, just staying connected and committed and uh, being counted as somebody who's uh, going to help turn this uh, public health issue around and to begin to, uh, for all of us collect individually and collectively, to start promoting um, healthy, uh, peaceful lifestyles and promoting conflict resolution and uh, healthy decision-making. There is some, I can assure everybody that once you open the door and start learning more about the impacts and the underlying causes of violence, I can assure everybody that prevention, education, and intervention does work. Just like with all the other public health issues we've faced, whether it's uh, when we all, um, the anti-smoking um, campaigns, the Mothers Against Drug uh, Drunk Driving that I think have, have made tremendous uh, impact and changes in our society, just how we're dealing with the issues of diabetes, uh, uh, cancer, uh, heart heart attacks. This is a public health issue. It needs to be addressed in the same way. We need to learn more. We need to know what the symptoms are, what the underlying causes are, um, how to intervene and how to pre- prevent. And I ask um, uh, all your listeners to con- consider partnering with us to, to, to really stop this epidemic in its tracks and to provide uh, safer, healthier, and more peaceful communities for all of us. And what a great challenge that is. And we're going to come right back in a minute to talk again to Stephanie Walsh, the Executive Director of the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime. But we're going to break right now. You're listening to Choice Bender, the voice of voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. 
You want to know about it? We want to talk about it. Voice.VoiceAmerica.com Have you put down the morning paper in disgust because they weren't reporting what you wanted to read? Have you wondered why there aren't more women's voices in the news? Well, so have I, and we're about to change that. This is former Minnesota State Senator Ember Reichgott Young. I hope you'll join me for a new radio show every Thursday all about women on the move. We'll look at what's missing in the news, the issues often ignored in mainstream media, like how does Social Security reform really affect women? Why is the Department of Labor proposing to stop collecting workforce data on women? What role will women play in Iraq's new government? We'll create that debate right here. The Ember Reichgott Young Show will have prominent women you know and inspiring women you don't know. We'll share stories of women's leadership, courage, and vision. We just need you to be part of the conversation. So join us for the Ember Reichgott Young Show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time. It's all about you, women on the move, on voiceamerica.com. A touch of bullhorn truth, a dash of pop culture lesson, and a pinch of spiritual quest. Dirty Little Secrets with Mike Foster and Craig Gross is an eyebrow-raising discussion of today's hot topic issues in our cultural landscape. Two of the most engaging, if irreverent, men of the cloth to ever take religious vows presents hard-hitting interviews with special guests, call-ins, traffic and weather with Junior and Rob, and their special questions you can't ask your mama segment. Broadcasting every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific, Dirty Little Secrets will shock you and school you, move you and rock you, no matter what you think about sex, free speech, and the Almighty. Find out whether Jesus really does love porn stars as much as he loves pastors. Are you looking for an informative, entertaining show exploring today's news stories from a women's perspective? Tune in to Her Side, our take on the news with me, your host, Helen Grieco, for rants and resolutions on the issues of our time. We'll look at the top news stories and those that didn't make it to the top. We'll delve into some issues you wish you knew more about. And we'll talk about what you can do to make a difference. Join my guests and me because it's time to hear her side. Tune into her side, our take on the news, every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Join us every Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time for Closing Argument with experienced trial lawyer Lyle Gregory. Closing Argument will cover legal topics which may spill over into politics and at sometimes may be controversial. Lyle will go beyond opinions to offer advice on all of these legal topics, as well as give you a little insight into the world of the legal profession. So join Lyle Gregory every Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific Time for Closing Argument, only on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at one 888 335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back to the show. And if you just now tuned into the show, we have been talking this hour to Stephanie Walsh, the Executive Director of the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime. And I'll tell you what, Stephanie, this is so important what we're talking about. It is, Joyce. It really is. It is so important because so many people, you know, when you were saying earlier, Stephanie, about the number of people that report, for example, a rape, but you know it's much higher. Mm -hmm. I can't even begin to imagine the number of people with disabilities who are victims of a crime 
what that number would be is probably staggering. It 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 it, it is staggering, and um, and the only what we got to do is move forward and uh, get this information out and educate social service uh, people, educate in, individuals, educate people with disabilities, um, everybody to be able to uh, get the intervention and the help that they need to get, first of all, for the abuse to stop, and second of all, for that person to be allowed to heal and recover from those incidents. Yes, that's right. And I believe so much in what you said about education and educating people. And I know also, um, Stephanie, that you are also the president of the Coalition of Pennsylvania Crime Victim Organization, as we were alluding to and talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. But just to make sure our listeners know, what does that group do? It's a group that has membership from across the state of Pennsylvania. And when we were talking about statewide coalitions, Pennsylvania has several very strong coalitions, Pennsylvania Coalition Against Rape, the Pennsylvania Coalition Against Domestic Violence, and COPSEVO. And we all work together on different issues, but COPSEVO goes across all forms of crime. And we, do, we have a, a tremendous focus uh, on getting legislation passed that supports victims of crime in coming forward and having the criminal justice system end up uh, with uh, justice for, for all. And just to give you a couple examples, we've worked very hard to strengthen uh, protection from abuse orders and amendments. We've worked recently on allowing child testimony uh, to be uh, videotaped, um, often kids, can you imagine a, a six-year-old who's in a courtroom setting, how intimidating that is, yeah, uh, giving terrible. testimony with their uh, uh, with the perpetrator there and a uh, hundred other people there. We've uh, law, uh, worked very hard um, doing a lot of education around why it's necessary for counties to have full-time district attorneys and to... Uh, because you really need uh, full-time staff, uh, full-time victim advocates, full-time district attorneys uh, working um, in the county so that victims have uh, access to professionals and the support of the professionals on a full-time uh, basis. We've worked very, very hard in the state of Pennsylvania, and we have all this on our website, Joyce. We have uh, a Bill of Rights here in Pennsylvania for victims of crime. And that's the end result of uh, the efforts of uh, our coalition's work in conjunction with uh, the other coalitions. And so that's why it's so important. It's, it's important for individuals to do something in their own backyards, and it's also important for individuals and agencies to come together in larger coalitions because uh, you can have a, a powerful impact in numbers. And how true that is. That's why I tell all Americans with disabilities, register to vote. I don't Absolutely. care if they vote Republican or Democrat, but I care that you're registered to vote because how much more power people with disabilities would have if we had a huge group of people registered to vote. And it's so important with all these issues we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, Stephanie, what is the biggest issue that you want our listeners to know about today? The biggest issue is that violence 
is a public health issue. It's an epidemic. And that if you or someone you know has been a victim of a crime, please seek out assistance, uh, seek out help. Uh, it's best to have that done as soon as possible, but it's never too late to pick. We have people that, that have been sexually molested at age 12 that at age 45 finally pick up that phone. And, but we need to uh, encourage uh, everybody in society to say, when someone has come forward to share with you that something horrible has happened to them, please believe them. Please help get the help get get them the help that they need, and that it's that learning uh, learning more. Edu- please educate yourself because the more that you're educated, the more you feel comfortable in supporting somebody else and in reaching out to others. And in some way, also um, to get involved, like our. our uh, Piece It Together Community Initiative is a wonderful campaign to get involved. But somehow, some way, please don't run away from this issue. We have too many of us are running away from some of these tough issues. Um, we, need, we need everybody to, to start to um, uh, pick some aspect of this and say, I'm going, I'm going to make a difference. That's for sure. Stephanie, so far in your career here with with the center, mm-hmm. what what is your proudest accomplishment? What would you say? <laughs> well, I know the type of work we do sounds like a nightmares, and uh, it's very harsh, and it's and it's it's the uh, it's very real. But I I have to say that um, the the team of staff and board and volunteers that that um, we've gathered together here at CVVC that's that's my proudest accomplishment. If you're going to do this type of work, I, I wouldn't. Gosh, this is the best group of people uh, that we have compiled um, from uh, our board, our staff, and our, our volunteers. And, and I think that um, that I'd say that's my proudest accomplishment. We have such a team spirit here and such great teamwork. The the clients first, and it's I'm amazed at what we accomplish on a, a given day. When I see our annual statistics and who all we've reached out to, I don't know how we do it. And yet I know I see it here on a daily basis, uh, what all is accomplished. So CBVC is, is just a, a wonderful place. And um, I'm just uh, honored uh, to be here, and I'm very, very proud of, of what we do on a daily basis. Well, and I'm proud of you too, Stephanie. I'm proud of all of you. Do you have a message that you want to leave with our listeners today? Just learn more about this subject, reach out, get involved, and and if you if you've been a victim of a crime, uh, please pick up the phone. Please talk to somebody about it, and if you know somebody else who's been impacted, uh, please reach out to help there. And with as we've talked before, Joyce, the vulnerable populations. I'm hoping that. Um, after uh, I know that when people listen to your show weekly and hopefully after they listen to this show, is they have more sensitivity. If you come in contact with people with disabilities, they have more sensitivity as to how vulnerable they are to issues of crime and violence in their life. And just having that increased awareness, uh, I think, helps. I do too, Stephanie. And Stephanie, I commend you. 
Uh, we're behind you on what you're doing. You're doing such important work. And we end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader. And I'm using this quote today uh, that we know well. I've used it before from Justin Dart. Because if you're listening to the show today and you're in an area and you're thinking, I need to make a difference. I need to do something about this. Remember Justin Dart's most famous saying, lead on. Lead on. Do something about it. This is Joyce Bender. You've been listening to Stephanie Walsh, the Executive Director of the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime, and Joyce Bender, the voice of VoiceAmerica.com. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.